Hi, I'm Rick. I'm Dan. I'm George. I'm Jake. And, and we are Queer Magnolias, the podcast. In each episode, we're going to talk about everything from growing up queer in the South to the issues affecting our community today. With a little bit of fabulous sprinkled in along the way. Join us for an all-you-can-eat buffet of queer joy. Mixed in with the occasional bitch fest. But always served with, with the, the spiciest tea. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hi, Jake. <laughs> Welcome back to this little lovely podcast show we love to call Queer Magnolias. That's us. We do love to call it that. We do love to call it that. <laughs> we're here, so today, we're queer, and we're Magnolia all the way, baby. Magnolia all the way. Today, we're going to touch on an important subject, one that is making headlines at least once a week, I think. Ooh. It's true and dear to our hearts and a big part of the LGBT community. I'm talking about drag doing good for humanity. So let's, you know, let's take, uh, let's take some heat off. Or add a little more. I don't know how we want to do it to this subject, Mandolias. How about that? Yes. Let's stroll in a pair of heels, baby. Bring it on. Bring it. <laughs> I'm ready for my uh, close-up. <laughs> <laughs> Not on those cankles, though, are you? <laughs> you? You don't need to worry about my cankles with you over there and your cloven hooves. Right? right? I feel like there must be a, a cloven hoof fetish out there on the internet. Like people have got to Somewhere. pay money for those. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Probably Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently has leprosy now. This is this there's an outbreak of leprosy in Florida. Well, I saw the, fucking, I well may it surprised. may it start at the governor's mansion and then work its way down. <laughs> <laughs> this is your beloved Florida we're talking about, Dan. <laughs> I love Florida, but you know, not the governor. 88 well, to 99, honey. <laughs> or some of the people there. <laughs> yeah. Mm -mm -mm. But there are some fabulous drag queens in Florida. I've sure. seen and known quite a few. And did they do good for the world? They did. And you know what? I'm going to do a little shout out since we just started to talk about this. There's a, a performer named Kathy Craig um, that has been performing since probably the early 80s. Kathy has single-handedly and with a group of other people raised millions of dollars for charity in florida and yes. you know what? Yes. here's to kathy craig who we will tag uh, it is amazing the things that kathy's accomplished and is still going strong i love that i think that's such an important thing to bring up dan i'm so happy you said it because so many drag performers dedicate their time their energy and their craft to charities Yes. All the money goes to the selected charity. It's not out for them. It's not out to make a fortune. They are there doing the work for the people, raising money, making the funds, giving out the coin. And people don't think about that. They they talk about this bullshit that does isn't real. They're not looking at the facts about drag. Right. That's so true. Well, and it's it's for sure all the outrage, I call it manufactured outrage that we've seen over the past couple of years from the the right, uh, the conservatives, the Ron DeSantis and his his war on uh, transgender and drag queens. It, it's, a, it's a distraction. The reason they're doing this is to create some kind of distraction or talking point to sort of keep us off guard and uh, keep, a, keep the focus off of what they're doing behind the scenes. We all sure. know that. Yes. But that said, the stuff that they're saying and doing is not without harm. 
because it is actually hurting a lot of people. And I think it's important to speak up and I think it's important to, uh, to get involved. And one of the things I think we've talked about so much in coming back for this season and the episodes that we're doing is that we're going to move away from always just sitting around the table to have a good time. And we want to actually start to sort of talk, start talking about some of the things that are happening in our community, right? Uh, and Jake, I, I, when you came up with this episode idea, I just absolutely loved it because there are so many drag queens, as, as George said, as Dan said, that are out there doing amazing things. One in particular, do you guys remember Roy Moore from Alabama? Sure. He was, he was, he, he's he, the asshole that rode in on his horse to vote. <laughs> that would be the guy, the one who's been suspended for judicial uh, misconduct twice from the Senate, I think it was, and uh, from the courts. And that should Actually, be his drag court. name, Misconduct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. All right. That has to be a, a social graphic, George. You have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but there is a drag queen by the name of Ambrosia Starling who actually uh, uh, decided that she'd had enough of him and stood up and started a grassroots organization to push forward the the Marriage Equality Act there in Alabama. And she was also instrumental in helping him getting kicked out of his latest seat. Uh, and then he's tried to take her on. And uh, he's like, a professed transvestite uh, is trying to uh, create this movement to get me kicked out of office. And she's like, oh, but you're such a fool. And what I love is she's like, of everybody that you decided to pick on, you thought you would pick on me. And let me tell you, my batting average is pretty damn great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He messed with the wrong one this That's time. Right. <laughs> right. Roy I mean, is a disgrace. Just he the really word transvestite. Like, that's the word that anybody, <laughs> like, what other word are you going to pick out from the arcane dictionary that you want to, like, drag back into the light? Uh, and you know someone put him up to that because Roy Moore is too stupid to know that word himself. <laughs> so somebody on his staff said, oh, this is the word you must use. Roy is stupid. Come on, Roy, spell it for me. That, transvestite, right. spell it for me. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't even get a ride to the polls, so he had to take his horse. That. And he lost. My now, mind, <laughs> mind you, the fellow that won uh, did not last long because it was a special election. Uh, Jim something or another. He tried. He was a Democrat. He tried. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Alabama is, you know, North Florida to the West. Well, um, I think that we're going to talk about the South. I mean, Dan lived in Tennessee, and Tennessee's got some pretty strict anti-drag laws. They do. Oh, they wow. Do. Yes, they do. Yeah, you know, and and it's funny because when you look at, and not only Tennessee, but you look at so many states you know, in this country um, that have these anti-drag laws, almost every state is nearing poverty. I mean, they have so many poor people, and yet this is what they concentrate on. Yeah. And it says, Rick was saying earlier, you know, it's it's all smoke and mirrors. Yep. It's so you don't have to do anything. They look for what they perceive as a weak link, and that's what they want to chip at. And the sad thing is there are a great number of dumbass people living in these states that they buy into this, and I'm like, but you don't have any more bread and butter than you had four years ago, eight years or 10 years ago. And you're worried about a drag queen. Really? All right. Girl, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to butcher this. Wanda Sykes had this quote where she said, where she said, 
When a drag queen bursts into a school and starts beating students to death with a copy to kill a mockingbird, that's when we can worry. Otherwise, you people are paying attention to the wrong things. That's the gospel. <laughs> yes, the gospel. I screamed. I screamed. I love that quote. Love that. Yeah, it's it's and it's spot on. Yeah. You know, I mean, no drag queen has gone in and shot up no one place in this country ever. No. Yet we're more interested in what someone is doing as an art form right. than we are about how many children were killed last month in this state or country. I'm like, that's some really fucked up priorities. Yeah. And I, I think that's the fear, too, is not necessarily that it's a bad thing, but they're realizing now that it's a good thing and it, it's educating it's you know it's bringing a whole like you said art form to light that is good and i feel like that's where the fear comes from it well comes it's inclusion from, you know yeah, it's exactly. saying everybody everybody come to drag queen story hour every single person that's here you're going to be seen you're going to be valued you're going to be heard you're all welcome that's the fear for sure apparently that's very frightening yeah <laughs> Well, and I think I think I I don't know because I didn't start the movement, but I I can imagine that when uh, Drag Queen Story Hour started, there was a drag queen that said, "I really wish I had seen representation at the library, mm. someone to read to me." You know, reading to children, children are like sponges; they love to be read to, and someone goes and. These drag queens are not paid to go to the library to read to someone else's children. These are not their children. They're somebody else's children. But they do it because I assume because they want to be represented. They want children to see that, number one, they're fabulous as they are, but they have options. You don't have to fit in some little box that someone says, this is the only thing you can do at the library. The library is about freeing your mind. Don't get me started, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know. I, I, I feel like this is a slippery slope. We could get into banned books. We could get into a lot, but I think we want to keep it positive, which I hope is what you're going to say next, Rick. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm so I glad you brought that up, Dan. Because <laughs> and George, yes. No, we're not talking about banned books, though. I'm talking about the very first drag queen story hour was actually organized in San Francisco in 2016. And it was done by a queer writer by the name of Michelle T. The first drag queen story hour actually featured a drag race alumni, Honey Mahogany. Oh. Um, and since then, uh, all these events have sort of popped up in New York and LA and sort of, you know, uh, across the pond and all of these different places. But here, here to your point, Dan, and what you were saying, is that Angel Electra actually is quoted as saying that this type of activity opens up a child's eyes to what's being different is really all about. And it has to start somewhere. And Angel goes on to say, I wish when I was growing up, there was a program like this where they can explain and teach children how to accept anyone. And it's a great way of opening up that vision of other people and being different to children. And I think that is fucking beautiful. And I can understand why right-wing extremists hate that because it scares their idea of their little world that they often live in, their myopic little world that the yeah. fishbowl that they like. Yeah. To yeah. If you're not going to fit in their little box, it's very frightening. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> There's your history lesson for the day, y'all. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Rick. Thank you for doing the book report. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you, you touched on, you said something right in there, Rick, about it's not just here in America. It's across the pond. Like drag is now like worldwide. It's global. It's yeah, global. global. Yeah. And there's another fear too. Like because conservatism isn't just here. It exists elsewhere as well. 
And I feel like with this age of information transfer, you know, we uh, we're we're finding out a lot. So. The world is much smaller than it used to be. Oh my god! So much, like so much, like I cannot imagine how different my life would have been if I had grown up being and just tapping the internet and being like, oh my God, there's so many other gay people. There's so many other guys that want to put on makeup. There's so many other guys that collect Barbie dolls. Like all of us, we, I, there would have been people that I'm like, I mean, the alone. Wonder Woman episodes I could watch at will. I mean, come on. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think about that quite a bit as well, George, like how different my life would have been wow. had I had access to the information that we have now. Or just to be just to have some kind of representation that we could mm-hmm. see in person someone who looks different uh carries himself differently you know uh growing up it was all about how you could be homogenized and look like everyone else you know and uh, i remember some of the girls i went to school with they were called a tomboy but at some point they were expected to grow out of that tomboy and to put on a dress or to become, you know, voluptuous and sexy. And so it was all about how can you be like everyone else? How can you fit in the mold? And it's sort of nice at Drag Queen Story Hour to see that you can be any number of different ways. And it's okay. Because once again, as Wanda said, ain't none of them hit any child with a To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) Girl, but speaking of To Kill a Mockingbird, Tomboy, Scout, we're looking at you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and I think so. You know, it's funny because I read something recently that almost every play that William Shakespeare wrote has a drag performer, and some of them have multiple ones. So this is something that's been going on for centuries. Now, of course, a lot of people who are uber conservative also don't read very much. So William Shakespeare is, you know, (laughs) out the door. They can read the King James version of the Bible, but they can't read Shakespeare. But, you know, it's like, okay. I, I I would say they probably don't read that much of the Bible either. They just do what they're told from church every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Somebody told, tried to show them the light. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to shed some light on the drag queens. Come on now. So, Rick, I know on your list, you have a list of other drag queens that are doing good in this world. So let's hear who they are. <laughs> so there is another drag queen by the name of Panty Bliss. Yes, the name. <laughs> uh, and she's actually from Ireland. And I have I was trying to find uh, before the episode, she did a very passionate speech about homophobia that went so viral back in 2014 that it was actually remixed by the Pet Shop Boys. So oh, I, need to, I need to find what that speech is. But I will also share in our social, there's a link to a trailer about her and all the work that she's done to raise awareness and money for AIDS and uh, to bring same-sex marriage to Ireland and all this work that she tirelessly does for Ireland itself. In the in the trailer, she's talking to little kids and they're just, and I mean, it's just watching the way that she interacts and sort of the message that she spreads. It's just, it's it's heartwarming to actually see. And I'm like, how do you watch something like this and then turn around and say, this is evil. She's like, I, I could show you evil. This is not evil that's happening right here. So it's just, it's mind boggling to me. It's, in, it's important also to, when we're talking about Penny, to realize that same-sex marriage is legal in Ireland. It was there before here in the U.S. And 
Uh, Ireland says that the reason is because of Panty. And there is actually, mm-hmm. she has her own day oh. in Ireland. One day a year is her day. And the uh, as far as I know, the only drag queen in the world that has their own day. Wow. That's yep. well, maybe officially, but well, not in their own minds. Well, <laughs> right, precisely. One that has a real proclamation that they didn't print at Kinko's. <laughs> Does Kinko's even exist anymore? I probably just dated myself yet again. I'm not editing that out. So don't so don't even <laughs> I don't ask. Care. <laughs> I think everybody knows how FedEx Kinko's now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this is this like the pork episode? It's Kinko's. <laughs> yes, girl, Kinko's. <laughs> Put that on his shirts. <laughs> Next to Peterbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, no comment. No, no comment. Mic drop. No comment. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, please. Please. It's I won't like be a... out here on my own. No, you were on your own. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jacob, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think we have to also just at least say thanks to um, RuPaul. I mean, I, f- I feel like RuPaul and World of Wonder has just kind of taken drag and, well, it's now household. It's a household word now to the point where we have to talk about it because there's conservatives that are against it. So, And let's face facts. I think RuPaul was the very first crossover drag queen that went from uh, gay icon to to being recognized in most straight households, whether or not she was accepted is one thing, but RuPaul became kind of like iconic yeah. what, back in the 90s. And, yeah. and and doesn't matter what community you were in, you knew of RuPaul. Of course. I mean, let's not forget, RuPaul had a talk show long mm-hmm. before RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Yep. A talk 19, show. 1996 to 97. 100%. Yes to RuPaul. You did a lot. I think we should also talk about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yeah. Yes. A little controversial, I guess, but yeah. you know, what's not? I adore them. I actually wanted to join them at one point just before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit and I never went. Yeah, I thought the same well, thing. Yes. Was the minute I was going to do it. It's not too late, George and Rick. The pandemic no, right. is you're over. Right. Well, Get out there. No, right. You're right. You're exactly right. So it's it's something to definitely think about for sure. So sister, I have the perfect sister, sister name picked out, yeah. but I'm not telling you until it's official. Sister Porkarama. I already know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> sister Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were listening in on my phone call, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah. Siri, honey. Siri's out to get you. <laughs> she know you. I mean, I think for people that don't know the Sisters of Professional Indulgence, it's the thing that you need to know is they have worked tirelessly and since like the 1980s to go out and spread the message of safe sex and taking care of yourself, taking care of your partners, being um, being aware, being consentful of how sex works and not and not shaming sex, but being yes. safe. Yep. Yes. Um, they were the people that went out into ba- bathhouses in the 80s and handed out condoms when people weren't talking about AIDS. AIDS was this thing that was killing people and no one had a name for it. And they thought, well, here, let's go, let's do something. Let's let's make a difference. Let's, and I think they, you know, they they chose none drag because it gets a response. A huge yeah, and, yeah, it does. And, you know, one of the things, because you, you mentioned something, Georgia, I think it's, it's a little important. I won't get too far down a rabbit hole but there were so many places like bathhouses and bars that did not carry condoms in the 80s right because 
the owners of these establishments felt like it was promoting the fact that gay people had AIDS. And so a lot of bars and bathhouses didn't want anything to do with condoms because they were like, well, this is pandering to the straight audience who says that this is our fault. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence said, you know what? Our brothers and sisters are dying. So you can get over that antiquated bullshit, but we're more concerned with people who are dying and we want to stem that tide. And they have made such a difference. I think they're I think they're tremendous. I think they're amazing, amazing group. Everyone I've ever met has been so amazing. It's part of it. So my hat's off to them. Same here. I totally agree. You know, I love my sisters. You know, I actually brought them to the studio once for a fundraiser. I don't know if I ever told you that story. I had to go through multi levels of approval to get them uh, to come in. And they were like, uh, they were constantly asking me, well, can you ask them to not do this and not do that? And I was like, well, no, that's who they are. I will not ask them to change who they are or their performance. If they choose to do that, they choose to do it. We can say this show actually may have profanity and and all of this stuff, but I'm not going to ask them to not do it. And I went through, I think it went up to pretty much almost the head of the studio at the time, Mr. Jeffrey Katzenberg, and they approved it and they came in, did a big fundraiser for us. Good. It was fun. One of the most well-attended fundraisers that we've had. Did the... uh... Catholics circles. No, you know, there were no <laughs> there were no Catholics like uh, Dodger Stadium. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> it was a and, private fundraiser. And you know, one thing is, uh, since George mentioned the Catholics, a, a lot of people may not know that the Sisters of a Perpetual Indulgence uh, dresses nuns, and that was very, very specific because the Catholic Church, who is against condoms because they don't approve of birth control were also very unsupportive of people with AIDS in the 80s. And so the sisters chose that particular outfit on purpose. Yeah, Because they were like, if, if the Catholic Church is shutting the door and turning the back on people who are dying, their parishioners and non-parishioners, then we're going to call you out. And that's, unf- you know, it's sort of an unfortunate thing because we often have to call out groups that don't support us. And then they want to say, oh, my gosh, you've hurt me. But no, you hurt us first. We're having to stand up for ourselves. And also, I think if you're sitting in a bathhouse and dressed in like a hand towel and flip flops and through the hazy smoke, you see a nun coming towards you. You're going to pay attention. <laughs> flip flops. Do you like flip flops? Do you, do, you, do you want foot fungus? I'm asking yeah, you. you oh, I didn't say I would be fair, barefoot, but flip-flops? Come on, girl. Oh, you should have seen it. I'm going to bring, bring some sandals, but I'm not bringing flip-flops. Okay, parachas. <laughs> you should have seen him in those swimmer's fins. Right. It's just exactly. not pretty. <laughs> He's like, y'all got a pool? <laughs> <laughs> Surf's up, bitches. <laughs> The point is, you're going to pay attention when a nun walks towards you. No, I, well, I that is it. true. That is true. Or a man dressed like a nun. Yeah, with white powdered face and a beard. With stark white face and a beard with yeah. glitter in it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we've uh, definitely touched on a lot of good stuff here today. Yeah. The point is, there's some people out there doing really great things. And not Absolutely. one of them. We can't even think of one single drag queen that's out there hurting people. Right. Not I mean, a one. 
I, maybe a couple butchering lyrics, but other than that, I'm good to go. But I mean, well, that we never might said have been they were good. At one we time. never said they were good at what they do, only at doing good in the world. <laughs> it was probably only me butchering the lyrics anyway. Well, <laughs> or your lines. God, I saw that fucking episode. Well, those things happen. I get excited. Seven hours for a two minute scene. Come on now. Somebody has, to hold the, right, somebody has to hold the record. <laughs> I happen to hold the record. Oh, <laughs> uh, this has been a great time. And, you know, I would like to also mention one other friend of mine, uh, Coleman Temple, who's from Eastern North Carolina, who's been doing drag since the late 80s and is still going strong and still doing drag brunches and raising money and being an all around good human. It's always nice to know someone who's made a difference. Yes, Coleman. <laughs> little by little, honey, we, we're making the world a better place. Amen. Bye. If you've never dressed in drag, I highly suggest it. It's a, a freeing, it's a way to free yourself and understand who you are a little bit more. Rick and that putty chin. Yeah. <laughs> and the wig that's Madam, to the Madam sun. Honey. <laughs> I thought Waylon had his hand somewhere. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. Oh my God, what a night. <laughs> Carry on, Jake. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's probably a good place to, to sign off, actually. That's a good exit right there. <laughs> right there, honey. What else could you want? <laughs> Look for Rick's up. Coming performance here on Queer Magnolia. Exactly. <laughs> We've been talking and about doing a back. <laughs> We've been talking about doing a back porch. Maybe Rick will do a number for us if there's enough Patreon interest. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Dialing for dollars, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Take bye. care. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Queer Magnolias podcast. We all love you and the amazing support and feedback you have given us thus far. So much. We need more. Uh, Well, we would love to hear more brilliant brainstorms from you magnificent Magnolias. So we highly encourage you to be included and find slash follow us at Queer Magnolias on Twitter and at Queer Magnolias podcast on Instagram and Facebook, if you haven't already. We would love to hear your comments and feedback, good or bad. Uh, wait, oh, what? Wait, no, uh, no. Nobody wants their bad comments. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck off. And you can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcast, wherever the hell you're listening to us right now, or wherever you might find your podcast. All right. Until next time, Blossoms. <laughs>